0: Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash B-E.
1: When you have a principal that loves their job and loves their staff, that makes a humongous difference. When you see a principal in the hallway smiling and talking to students that kind of rubs off on everyone.
0: Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to seeing to lead a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better kathy iwanake is a grade three teacher in east granby connecticut she has taught grades two three four and six in her 33 year career she's the granddaughter daughter mother and sister of educators which i have to say for transparency's sake that um i i know quite a few of those educators because we are from the same area and um we, our families have kind of run into each other, so I'm really excited to have Kathy on the show today. Thanks for joining me.
1: You're welcome. I'm excited to be here.
0: <laughs> so tell me, or the people listening, who you are, a little bit about yourself, and why you do what you do.
1: I don't know if there was ever a choice in my heart of what to do. It just was something I've wanted to do since I was five years old. And I mean, I had a couple stunts of maybe I wanted to be a nurse, but I don't like blood. So that was out. And I just, it's all that I've wanted to do. I started where I am when I was 21 years old. So it's all I've done since I was 21. And now I'm not that 21 anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But hey, you know, with those years comes a lot of experience, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) So what is it that um, you're most passionate about in education? If I were to, if you were to pick something that just really keeps you coming back to the classroom or makes you want to stay in the profession?
1: For me, it's what's best for kids. So always driving what is best for kids, um, learning all the time, because as we know in education, you know, the pendulum swings one way or the other, but learning what is best for kids from a scientific standpoint, from research in doing that. And lately though, what has really fueled me is being innovative and in connecting with people online and learning what is happening all around the world. And that has been just exciting for me and for my students.
0: Isn't it though? So, I mean, I, I I love the idea of seeing what other people do. I was just talking to a principal last night, actually, on a Zoom meeting. And he, he started a question with a group of us that said, okay, so... Admittedly, I don't hear a lot about what other people are doing, so sometimes I get caught in the rut of what I'm doing is novel or special, and it's so important for teachers and especially leaders to for that innovation to reach out, and I know that you and I are on uh, Twitter chat in the morning together as often as I can get there, but um, do you... The idea of being innovative, is that where you get ideas for innovation or is it something that just kind of happens in your classroom?
1: Honestly, everything comes from Twitter. Like I feel like once I discovered Twitter, a whole new world opened up for me. And as silly as it sounds, You know, I think in education, we went from let's share everything to now I'm going to pay. Now you have to pay me for my ideas. And Twitter kind of brought it back for me. People were just sharing ideas. And I learned and I teach in a very small town and I learned that there's a whole world out there. It helped me to appreciate where I teach. So much more. But it also, like I say, all my great ideas, March Book Madness, Global Read Aloud, what books to read professionally, all came from Twitter and participating in Twitter chats and learning from educators such as yourself. I mean, I remember when you and I discovered that we knew each other. Like that was crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? That's cool. And you talk about like the Global Read Aloud, things like that. And uh, the March Madness or the March, the March, what was it called again? March
1: Book Madness.
0: March Book Madness. There's there's a couple March Madness type tournaments out there for reading. Um, we do one at my school too, so I get a little confused with it. But being on Twitter, getting these different ideas, being innovative, what would you consider one of your best accomplishments as a teacher?
1: So I think going on Twitter, but honestly, for me, the, the thing I am most proud of is... Being in the same small town for 33 years, I know families, I know their parents, that's starting now um, to know their parents, but I know their aunts and uncles, their cousins, their brothers, their sisters. You know, I was at graduation last night and by coincidence, I've had, I had nine of those kids twice. So I taught them in second grade and then I was moved to fourth grade and I taught nine of them again in fourth grade. And the superintendent did a really cool thing. She had all of the children, oh my gosh, they're not children, young men and women stand up who were the last ones in their family. And then she we clapped for them and for their parents because where I teach, that's what it's all about. It's just, it's not, it's not about one certain thing. It's about those relationships that are formed. When we had no power during the snowstorm, you know, a few years ago, I'm in the same boat that the rest of the kids are in, you know, we're in the same, I live 10 minutes away. So we're in this, we're all in the same boat. I just, that to me has been really incredible. And that's what keeps me going back.
0: So that's a really powerful thing because there's a lot of talk about relationships and building relationships instead of jumping right into the curriculum, everywhere from the elementary level to the high school level. But sometimes it falls short. Is there any way that a leader can support teachers to make sure that they, they jump in on that because it is such a personal thing?
1: So this year, we were given in Connecticut, I don't know who else was given, an SEL time. We were given time at the beginning of our year to do SEL units. That is super important because that then sets the basis for following through on that and, and making sure that kids' SEL needs are being met, which I feel builds the relationship. But the relationship I have, I think I'm blessed is just years. You know, it's just years of right. going, at, you know, just years.
0: <laughs> just that time. But, you know, hey, I mean, that that could still be the same with the years as the basis, but somebody that's not buying into the relationship piece, it wouldn't matter how many years
1: they were there. Yeah, true. True. To me, that's why I do it, right? You know, and so, coming from a long line of educators, I, that was important to them. I mean, it was important to my grandmother who did it, I, you know, I mean, how many years? 50 years ago.
0: So, and it's funny talking to, well, and having some of your family members, that's so true. You do come from a long line of people that are focused on relationships. That's just such a powerful thing. But so what about the other side? Because 33 years is a long time, and I'm sure there have been some downtimes during that time. Can you think of a time where you didn't do so well or you struggled during your teaching career and how maybe a leader could have supported you better during that time to either make it not happen or or make it easier after it did
1: happen? So I can think of two times. One of them is during the pandemic. That was brutal. That was just very difficult. I felt during that time, I lost my cape. So I lost what, what makes me me. For the first thing I lost for when we were completely remote, I didn't know how to connect online. Well, I didn't know how to use the tools, first of all. I mean, I had done a lot of Skype. So I didn't know how to use the new tools and I had to teach myself all of them. And I didn't know how to connect with kids online. I didn't know how to look at a screen and connect with them. I also, many children were not logging on. That was really hard for me. So during the pandemic, I just found it really hard For me, proximity is really important. That's always something that I never knew I needed and I used quite a bit. So now I'm trying to teach online. I can't reach out and see the kids necessarily. And for a while, I don't know about you all, but we could not use Google Meet for a while. So it just, it was really, really tricky this year. And then this year we started off the year in a hybrid model. And we were there for like, uh, I want to say six weeks. And then we were all back, but then we're in rows. I can't pull small groups. I, you know, it was just really tricky.
0: Yeah. All the, all the distancing, all of that, especially with somebody like you with the proximity piece. So what, what could have a a leader have done? Because as as a leader, you know, I I struggled with a lot of things with the pandemic as well, because I, I'm about the relationship piece. And I always said as we were going through it, I, you know, nothing like a pandemic to make me feel as useless as ever. Because exactly. I some of the same things. So what could leaders like myself have done to make it easier for teachers who struggled to go through that? Because there will be times where teachers are going to have difficulty with proximity things for whatever or with new tools that they need to use and learn. Is there a way a teacher or a leader could have helped you with that?
1: Yeah, I think my district did an amazing job. At the start of the pandemic, they gave us a little bit of time to kind of play at home with what we needed. And they allowed us that time to figure out what we needed and just said, Take the PD day and work on whatever it is that you need. I appreciated that so much. I used that time. So I think that was really important. And having a principal who just listened, there was, nothing, there was nothing that could be done about the proximity. There was nothing that could be done about wearing masks. That was all, you know, on a state level, we had to do all that. So sometimes you just needed a principal to listen and go, yeah, this is really hard. Because there was nothing that, I, I don't feel that there was anything that could really be changed.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you have, when you have a pandemic, right? Right, uh, right, exactly. Yeah, you have certain regulations you have to follow. But what I am hearing is, you know, some of the things that you mentioned are things that are or can be universal and can be timeless. The idea of giving time to experiment, you know, give, providing teachers with authentic PD. And, and sometimes it just takes listening. Are there any other key things you can think of that a leader can do to support teachers? Um, especially, I mean, we're talking about now next year, we're not we're talking about not being as affected by the pandemic. So things are gonna start to return to a more normal scenario, I hope. Are, are there any key things leaders can do?
1: For me, being allowed time to decide what I need as an educator And being allowed that time was priceless. And I actually said that in my end of the year, Val, I hope that that piece stays. I sit in a lot of PD that I don't need to be in, but I have a lot to learn.
0: That's a really good statement. You've got got all this PD time, you sit there and it's useless, even though you still have a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, the idea of being able to give teachers the ability to do that. Now, I don't know how it works for you at your school, but at my school, I had the teachers teaching PD sessions to the rest of the staff based on interest and and things like that, where we, we worked really hard to find the experts in our building, so to speak. Now, I don't know if you go out to PD or go out to conferences or pull people in, but how does so if a, if a leader gives you the opportunity to do that or sets aside the time to do that, how can they then make sure teachers are engaged in doing that or empowered enough to go out and find their own PD on on what would work for them?
1: Hmm. I don't know because I would just do it. So if someone told sure. me to do something, I would just do it because I love to learn. And I always have something that I feel I need to get better at. I think you have to trust teachers and know your. I think it comes down to relationships, right, Chris? You have to trust the teachers and the ones that you know aren't going to do it. You have to have some kind of accountability post. We had to... This was brand new to us and we had to like just say what we did and they trusted us to do it.
0: Now, so you're talking about trust, right? You're talking about accountability, but what you're talking about even more so that I think is really important for leaders to understand is the individualized piece. I mean, how often do we say that teachers need to individualize instruction? But we don't do that for teachers, for professional development or anything like that. So what I'm hearing you say is take the chance, let the teachers go off on their own separate ways and support that, even if it's one teacher doing one thing and another teacher doing another thing.
1: I agree, because what one teacher needs, another teacher doesn't need, right?
0: Right, so... They just need to set that up and give you freedom to choose.
1: I would appreciate that. I would appreciate the time to read a book or explore a website. Or, I mean, I, I understand that there are things that we all need to know. You know, we just got power school this year. We all I, We all needed that. We all needed to learn power school. But, you know, I've been doing a lot of social justice work. That's where I want, I want to be able to read books if we're not going to have a workshop on it. I want to be able to spend that time learning more about that.
0: So you're kind of a self-starter from what I'm hearing. Not kind of, you are a self-starter, where you know what you want to look at, you know what you want to learn, you're interested in learning, so you go and do it. So you just need a leader to support that. Yes. Um, other teachers, though, may need to be engaged to do that. Um, and get them excited about something or empowered to do it so that they believe that they can do that and be successful at it. Is there something that's out of those three, supported, engaged, or empowered, do you think one is more important than the other or is one more important than the other?
1: I don't because I think it depends on the teacher. And it's interesting that you bring that up. When you were talking about that, it made me think of a conversation I had with a friend of mine about exercise.
0: Okay.
1: I am... Since the pandemic, I have not gone to the gym. I don't need to go to the gym. I I created a little gym for myself downstairs where the person I was talking to said that would never work for her. She likes to be part of a group. She likes to have the direction. She likes being told what to do. And I think that can relate to what we were just saying. I think some teachers do appreciate that, being told this is what you know, what you need to learn. And I think from Twitter, I also know what the current issues are. So I, th- I think I think, it varies from teacher to teacher what they need. And there's not a right or a wrong. So
0: that brings up something that, that I, I really want to kind of unpack with you about what school should look like for teachers, because leaders are supposed to be well, I mean, there's, there's a whole big conversation about leaders. Clearly, anybody that listens to this or talks to me knows that I'm a teacher-centered principal. Mm-hmm. But there are leaders that focus on the students. But either way, a schools are an environment that people live in, interact with, and have to have a certain way to be successful. Um, I'd really like to unpack a little bit of that with you. But the first thing I want to do is pause for a message for our sponsors because I think it's a bigger conversation. So we'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the podcast that inspired me to start this one. Since 2015, the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast has released hundreds of episodes with millions of downloads. Subscribe and listen each week to great conversations on the topic of school leadership. I use Anchor to distribute the scene to lead podcast because I find it to be the best tool to suit my busy schedule. Anchor has everything I need all in one place, offers hands-free distribution to everywhere podcasts are heard, and is free to use. I can use anywhere from some to all of its features based on what I need at the time. On top of all that, you can be mobile, recording, editing, and distributing all right from your phone. You can also easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Okay, and we're back with Kathy. And when we left, we were talking a lot about teachers having the freedom to decide, leaders needing to know their people with that relationship piece so that they know what each individual teacher needs, and then they can break up ways to support engage or empower them based on that. And what that does is it kind of gives us a bigger view or a bigger question about overall, what should schools be for teachers? So I'm going to put that question to you, Kathy, because we often talk about what it should be for students, but what should schools be for teachers?
1: So I firmly feel that a school should be a place where kids come first. I just, I firmly feel that what is in the best interest of the children should be what drives the school. But I think in doing that, it can be, school should be a place teachers want to come to work because happy teachers teach better. Happy teachers make happy students. When I think about how I would want to teach and that would make me happy, a scripted curriculum would never do it. I like to have freedom to be able to combine units. And I would struggle with being scripted. I would also struggle with being told what I need to do for read-alouds. That would also, I think, to have some freedom, understand that there are benchmarks that we have to meet, you know, for us as Common Core standards or Connecticut state standards. Those are, we, we have to meet those. We can't just teach whatever we want, but how we get to that, have that varying by teachers and by students, but also like just a great atmosphere. When you have a principal that loves their job and loves their staff, that makes a humongous difference. When you see a principal in the hallway smiling and talking to students, that kind of rubs off on everyone, I think.
0: So there are principals that love their job. There are principals that are so-so and there are principals that are not. You mentioned the smiling in the hallway and the talking to kids. What, what are some of the other behaviors that you notice or some of the other actions that you see principals who you say, yeah, that's it. They love their job that create that kind of atmosphere.
1: Principals who make an effort. I have a small school, so we have a very small school. We are uh, grades three through five, and there's maybe 11 classroom teachers, and we're in a big square. Principals who make a point to go around every morning and pop their head in. You know, it was interesting. One of the principals I I have had a few years ago, she was in and out of my room all the time, all the time. And I felt when she gave me my avow, she knew me. It wasn't smoke and mirrors. She knew me because she was in and out and did that avow based on the little moments. I, I think when kids see a principal more often, I think that visibility piece is just so important.
0: That shows they care if they want to be among the people that are teaching in their building, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think of my brother who's a principal and he doesn't wear dress shoes. He wears sneakers. And he says, because he's out and about and he goes, I'm not going to, I mean, he's like, I'm not going to be in the office. I mean, that's kind of my brother's personality too, but. You know, he wears sneakers for a reason. That shows something.
0: That is definitely your brother's personality. <laughs> and I was just thinking, I go through, I buy these shoes. I don't buy your typical dress shoes. I buy these shoes with like a thicker sole. And yep. push, and I go through about two pairs a year. I, I haven't done the sneaker thing, though. I only do sneakers usually on Friday. So my, I might have to take his advice on that.
1: He wears black ones, though. So they look nice, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. But they're a little better for running around the halls. Yeah. That's funny. And uh, I, that, that's right in line with your brother from, from how I remember your brother. But um, the idea that, a, that a, principal, a principal shows they love their job by showing that they love to be in the job, not behind some desk or in some corner office um, pushing papers is what I'm hearing from you, right?
1: Yeah. And I think a principal that has their door open, you know, when I think about the good principals I've had, because I've had quite a few, They have their door open. And if you meet with them, they'll meet with they'll 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 be like, come on, sit down. Or they'll say, I can't meet with you right now. Can we schedule an appointment for that? Those are you know, it's all that relationship. They have a relationship with the teachers. They have a relationship with the students. And it kind of shows
0: that's a good thing. So we're getting we're getting near the end of this. And we've talked a lot about relationships. We've talked about freedom for teachers and basically being engaged. You're saying that leaders need to basically, if they want to support and empower teachers, they need to be engaged. They need to be the ones that are engaged is what I'm hearing anyways.
1: Yeah.
0: So I have two questions that I, I ask people at the end of every, every podcast. Are you ready for them?
1: Yes. Give them
0: to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first one's about you. The other one, the, the oh, next God. one is about a burger pitcher. If you were not a teacher, and this might be difficult for you because, I mean, we're talking 33 years starting at the age of 21 from a family of successful teachers. If you were not a teacher, who, not what would you be?
1: So in full disclosure, my father was Chris's football coach and I worked for my dad for four years. Then I worked for in a for in a. I was a football manager. Then I worked in college all four years for a football coach. And I loved every second of those eight years. Maybe I tossed around being like an academic advisor for a football program. And I would love to do like a junior college or something like that. That is the only thing I could ever think about. Either that or working, like doing something completely different, but I don't even know what. Right, that, that's
0: that's cool, and I, you know, I didn't know that that you also worked for the football coach in college too. But and he's in
1: the NFL right now, so that's really,
0: cool.
1: yeah. I don't, I don't remember what team because I kind of lost track. But he coached UConn. He was head football coach at UConn. He, he was head football coach at Syracuse. He worked for the Dallas Cowboys. He's been all over. But yeah, that was really it. Was exciting times for me.
0: What is it you liked about it? Just curious. I mean, people talk about working for a coach and things like that. I noticed the academic piece is still in there, like an academic advisor thing. But what was it you liked about doing that?
1: I think I liked the excitement of it all. It was just fun to be a part of it. I met a bunch of people, um, really good people. You know, I can remember in college they gave me the. I was able to plan a whole trip from start to finish with uh, overnight. And I don't know. It was. It was just fun. It was just fun.
0: You know, what's funny is as you're talking to me about it, I am, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you mentioned fun, you mentioned excitement, and that's all engaging when we think about engagement, but it kind of reminds me of what you, the signs that show you a principal loves their jobs. The idea of being engaged, being out in the action, so to speak, and having an exciting thing, whether it's your brother with his sneakers or whether it's your principal around every morning, they're part of it. And it's, it's exciting piece. So that, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And I have said before that I could never replicate what I have in where I teach now anywhere else. So I would never want to be a classroom teacher anywhere else. I just, you know, what makes it special is where I teach at this point. Um, I I, I don't think I would want to do that anywhere else. So when I retire, if if I choose to continue to working, it will be outside of the education realm, I think.
0: That says. That says a lot for the culture and community of your school. So Yeah,
1: I'm very lucky.
0: Yeah, that's that's a high compliment. That's that's excellent. So question number two, and this is more about the people listening to this. This is where this is where you um you give infinite amounts of wisdom to the leaders listening to this podcast. Are you ready? <laughs>
1: infinite amount of wisdom for me but (laughs) (laughs) you can put it on me go ahead Be, be bold go ahead
0: what's the most important piece of advice you would give to leaders as they work to support engage and empower teachers
1: so there was a quote and it has resonated with me hire good people give them what they need and get out of their way Kind of like, I mean, I think that's kind of simplistic, but it kind of is where I am right now in my life. Yeah. No, I, I I just think develop relationships, know your teachers and give each teacher what they need. We're expected to do that for students, right?
0: Yeah, that's, you know, and it's funny because you say, so you say, and you know, I'm going to take a chance. I think I think that's attributed to Teddy Roosevelt or it's close to one of Teddy Roosevelt's about you hiring good people, give them what they need and get out of the way. That's so fitting for teaching because, and this ties into what you just said about we, we ask teachers to do that for students. We have the teachers that we have and we need to lead or support, engage and empower the teachers we have. Not the ones we wish we had, not the ones we used to have or not the ones that we might have in the future. Just like we ask teachers to teach the students they have, not the ones they wish they had or that they hope they have in the future. It's so fitting because a teacher, no matter where they are, they could be a first-year teacher getting their student teaching done as a teacher of record, or they could be a teacher that's been in the classroom for 33 years and they they still need what they need. So a leader needs to give them that. And then the leader still needs to get out of the way once they give them what they need to be successful.
1: Agreed, agreed.
0: So that, I think that quote is is a good place to, to end this with that piece of information. So I, um I do really want to thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate it. And, you know, anytime I can talk to somebody in your family about education, I think I, I continue to learn stuff. So thank well, you. Well, thank
1: you for having me. This was super
0: fun. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. So, and you know, you said some good things and you, you have some, uh, some themes that come through on this. How do people get in touch with you if, they want to reach out or they want to follow up on anything you said? What's the best? So you if
1: can? you want to reach out, it's at Kathy Iwanaki for Twitter. That is my uh, Twitter account and at Mrs. Iwanaki for Instagram. Instagram, you will find mostly middle grade books. That's a big part of what I put on, on Instagram, but Twitter or Instagram, those are the two ways. Awesome.
0: And I'll put those in the show notes too. Perfect. So people can reach out. Well, again, Thanks. I appreciate it. I think you've you've said some really good things here that people can uh, learn a lot from, especially leaders from the from the wisdom of 33 years in the classroom and uh, doing a heck of a job. So thank you.
1: Thanks, Chris.
0: Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step. Be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at drcsjones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway learn more at drcsjones.blog continue to improve and go have a successful week there are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it but when do they actually do all those things visit myflexlearning.com/b to learn more and receive $500 off your first year that's myflexlearning.com/be